we're going to uh, continue uh, our new sermon series. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to pull them out. Um, and uh, if you've got a, a, an app, uh, the Version Bible app, you'll find the sermon notes in that. So if you, if you normally use the Version Bible app, uh, you open it and go to events and the sermon notes will be there. The sermon series we're diving into is simply called Selling Christmas. We are bombarded each week with all kinds of messages from people with vested interests trying to get us to buy stuff. And it's actually really important to work out what is the difference between the vested interest and the truth. Last week, we said that the task of all advertising is to do two things. The task of all advertising is to do two things. The first thing is to identify a need. And the second thing is to attach a product or service to that need. The first thing is to identify a human need and the second thing is to attach a human service or product to that thing. Before we go much further, we're going to just take a moment uh, to see how, if we, can, if we can think like marketers and think about, I wonder what are the needs that people are feeling most at the moment? What are the needs, do you think, that people are feeling the most at the moment? I wonder if you are, if you are surveying the community and you're trying to work out, you know, what, what are the things that people really care about most at the moment? Love and peace. Well, let's, let's, what we're going to do is actually get you to give us the answers. We're going to chuck up a Mentimeter. Remember, Mentimeter is a, is a way for you to, whether you're at home right now uh, or whether you're at Mornington or here at Lena Valley, to participate. And even if you're watching this delayed, you can still participate. This is live for the next couple of days. We'd love your answers to this question. What are the needs that people are feeling right now? So you can use your phone and actually take a, a photo of that QR code, uh, leave that up for a little minute, and, uh, and you, that should take you to a place where you can answer the questions. What are the needs that people are feeling the most at the moment? You see, this is the, the most important question that people who want to sell you something are going to be wrestling with. They're going to be thinking, how do I work out what they care about most at the moment, and how do I then attach my product or service to that? So uh, let's see how we're going. We've got the, the uh, QR code. So encourage, if you're sitting next to somebody who's not so tech savvy, can you ask get, or, doesn't, or doesn't have their phone with them today? Uh, can you ask them what their answers would be and chuck, and chuck them in for them as well? You should be able to do multiple responses. And, let, and let's see if we can start to see what some of the answers have been. That's interesting. So, so far we've had uh, 59 responses, 65 responses. And in this moment, it's interesting, it's peace, love, security, cost of living is up there. It's really helpful to be hearing all this as we, get, we wrestle this through together. Uh, family, uh, the, obviously the, the, bigger, the bigger words are words that are used by multiple people. That's how it works. So this is our sense of what the biggest needs are at the moment. Uh, it's, it's interesting, a lot of people feeling the need for money, Cost of living, those two I think are related. Uh, security, loneliness. Cost of living comes up a fair bit, doesn't it? It's interesting at the moment. So people are feeling that. Do you think that's right? So 
This is the kind of work that anybody who is in advertising or marketing will be doing. So it's important for you to, when you turn on your TV or watch YouTube, it's important to have this in the back of your head because these, are, these will be the, the needs that, that people will be trying to attach their product to. What we're going to have a, a brief look at today because what we do in this Selling Christmas series is look at some of the actual ads that people are using uh, to try and sell us this Christmas season. Now, I thought today we'd pick on the supermarkets. Uh, we'd look at, to start with, let's have a look at the Coles ad for this Christmas season and see if we can identify the question I've got for you as you watch this is what is the need they're trying to tap into uh, this Christmas season? So let's have a look at the Coles Christmas ad. Okay. Who came up with that? Wasn't them. Not quite there yet. Or her. Or even him. That's the best Christmas ham I've ever had. You see, this Christmas at Coles, we're going to great lengths for quality. Yep. That's why we check every single strawberry. All of them? It's why we share close relationships... A mango. ...with Aussie mango farmers. Do we get our Christmas puddings from you? Hardly. But we get some of them from one of the world's oldest pudding makers. So off to England we go. And why we get Christmas recipes from one of the world's best chefs. I'll take it from here, Curtis. Because when you go to great lengths, Christmas tastes... ...delicious. Mm, I know, I know. Great lengths for quality. Coles. So there you go. That is the Coles Christmas ad for this Christmas season. I can only hear from those at Lena Valley. The people at Mornington probably need to speak up louder if, if we want to hear them. But uh, what would you say is the need that Coles are trying to tap into this Christmas season? What do you think they're trying to tap into? What's the need they're trying to tap into? Uh, food, maybe, yeah. It's, I think you're on it. Having, they're trying to sell that it's the best of everything. You know, Woolworths own now the word fresh. And I think Coles are trying to own the word quality, which is an interesting marketing move, isn't it? it, it given the, 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 uh, all the words we said were the, the needs of the moment, trying to establish themselves as a luxury brand in this moment, I wonder if that's a real smart, smart uh, marketing strategy or not. I, my sense is it may not be. Although, uh, in this moment, people may want to, you know, have, feel like they're better than the Joneses, I don't know. Uh, but that, that, that's clear. I, what I like is you're starting to see behind the ads. The task is to see behind the ads. Okay, we're going to now look at the Woolworths ad. We're going to spend a bit more time unpacking that because what we always want to do is, behind every ad, there is, certainly behind good ads, there is a, a truth, but there's also a lie. And so we want to unpack that. So let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can see the, the Woolworths ad.
Christmas special. Well, there you go. Obviously, quite a different strategy to the coal strategy, isn't it? What do you, what is you think that, what is the need that Woolworths are trying to tap in, do you think? Connection. Do you think that's right? Connection. So, Woolworths, uh, and it's interesting, we, we named that as one of the needs at the moment. People are feeling need for peace, connection, community is part of one of the needs. Woolworths have seen that and are trying to leverage that. And you, I'm sorry to do this to you because you're going to see both a lot of those ads over the coming weeks. And so, you know, one extra time probably isn't particularly all that helpful. But, but it's always important to see if we can name what are the truths behind an ad and what are the lies behind an ad. So I do think that the the, the need for connection is the, one of the, the major draws behind and the truth behind the Woolworths ad. I uh, also think uh, the idea that kids often are a, a source of community. Kids help adults come together in, and have, have purpose. Uh, and the other thing, that little girl that forgot her uh, cherry, uh, that often a, a need uh, helps people come together with a purpose. So that, that they're all truths that are behind the ad. And in all stories, you'll notice how it works is, and in all effective ads, there'll be a moment of tension, then a moment of resolution. All stories work that way. There has to be a moment of tension, then a moment of resolution. The moment of tension was the cherry sitting on the, on the chair and on the bus stop. Uh, and the moment of resolution was the girl bursting out of the bonbon uh, as now the hero of the story. Uh, so they were the truths. What, what, what do you think are the lies behind the ad? Yeah, Woolworths will give you uh, all, all the connection and community you need. Maybe that's one of the lies. I think um, the idea that school concerts are stress-free. <laughs> I, think, I think that's not true. Uh, I think uh, kids like eating fruit. Uh, maybe that's questionable, although, you know, cherries are nice. Uh, and uh, that... Yeah, the community is made easier by Woolworths. Well, food makes a difference in community, but not necessarily Woolworths. So, if, if this need for connection and community isn't met uh, by Woolworths, what is the truth? Where, where do we see that met? Turn with me to uh, 1 Peter 3, 8, to start with. Um, and it is also true, like one of the, just as we start this, Often the deepest needs get unpacked in the book of Genesis because that's where we're created. And, and one of the things that comes through absolutely clearly in Genesis chapter 2 is it's not good for people to be alone. Genesis uh, 2.18 says, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. It's a principle that uh, we all need uh, community. We all need relationship. It's absolutely true. 
And one of the dangers is uh, that you take that verse and think, oh, that means you've got to get married. No, it doesn't. That was not what that verse means. What it does mean is you need community. You need relationship. And that is, we know psychologically one of the worst punishments you can give somebody is put them in solitary isolation. There's a whole lot of uh, developmental studies about the importance of connecting with other people, layers and layers and layers of that stuff. We know we need relationships with multiple people and particularly people who are not like us in order to grow as healthy human beings. What does that take? What does it take apart from Woolworths to find that kind of connection and community? Well, 1 Peter 3.8 tells us, all you need to do is be like-minded be sympathetic, uh, to love one another, be compassionate and humble. Simple. All you need to do is be like-minded, be sympathetic, be to love one another, to be compassionate and humble. Now, we all know people who uh, exhibit a lot of that kind of thing and they are the people that help build relationships but the reality is that kind of community, that, that moment of community that we saw exhibited in the, the Woolworths ad as the adults are scurrying around and seeing the children with great joy. I mean, that's probably the other lie in the ad that you could possibly have a school concert where everybody's happy. That would be... I would find that hard to believe. Uh, but anyway, um, on this side of eternity, the truth is we'll only have momentary glimpses of real community. We'll have, we'll have momentary glimpses. We go, this is it. This is great. And the kinds of things that help that, those momentary glimpses happen are what Peter say, says, uh, being like-minded, being sympathetic, loving one another, being compassionate and humble. And what I'm saying is profound here because all of us long for community. We long for relationship. It's, it's a profound human need. And the reality that this side of eternity, you're not going to find the perfect community, is a source of pain for all of us. The, and one of the, the dilemmas we face at this time of year is as you, go into, as you go into Christmas, a lot of people have the idealised Christmas in their heads, of what Christmas is meant to be. And it's often why Christmas can be a bit painful uh, because they, they picture the ideal family moment, the ideal community moment, the sense of being seen and seeing other people, the sense of deep connection. And, and they, they, they picture their family as like the, either the, the Coles dinner table or the, the Woolworths dinner table. And the reality is relationships are complicated. Relationships are complicated. It is not always easy to be like-minded, particularly with family, but with anyone who is different. And, in fact, one of, one of my heroes, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, said, the person who loves their idea of community or their idea of fellowship more than uh, the, the people themselves actually become destroyers of community. One of the dangers is your idealised picture of Christmas can kill Christmas. 
because you're so busy trying to have the perfect Christmas, you miss the fact that there are imperfect people that need to make up that perfect Christmas. I, I actually think, uh, I wanna, uh, I've been doing a bit of thinking about this and I'll, I want to put to you the seven reasons why Christmas is difficult. The seven reasons why Christmas is difficult and why relationships are difficult. So I think we, wanna, we don't want to just live in some Woolworths-inspired pseudo-reality. We want to live in the real world. And, we want to, and what I love about the Bible, it addresses the truth of our experience. Peter says, this is the stuff you need, but he's going to go on and say a few other things. Before he gets there, he says, I think we need, well, I think we need to face why we, we need to do the work to build relationship and what kind of work is needed. The first reason Christmas is difficult is this. We misinterpret each other's behaviour all the time. We misinterpret each other's behaviour all the time. Because when you see someone acting a certain way, you assume they are thinking and feeling what you would be thinking and feeling if you acted that way. And you also assume that when they use words, they mean the same thing by the words that you would mean if you used those words. And so, because none of that is true, one of the major reasons Christmas is difficult is you misinterpret the behaviour of the people around you. Now, the second reason Christmas is difficult is this. It is that we miscommunicate. Not only do we misinterpret, but we try and communicate in ways that other people don't interpret the intention behind. So, so not only are we misreading what they're doing, the way, what we're saying and how we're acting isn't communicating what we want to be communicating. So they're the, they're, the, they're the two simplest reasons why Christmas is going to be difficult this year and why the Woolworths ad's not going to fix it all for you. The third reason why Christmas will be difficult this year is uh, a sad truth. And that is we are self-interested. Have you noticed that uh, if in a crowded room, you can have have 100 people in the room, and if someone mentions your name on the other side of the room, all of a sudden you hear that conversation? Uh, We have a filter that interprets reality based on our self-interest. Have you noticed, uh, if you buy uh, a car you think is fairly unique because you haven't seen many of them around, the moment you buy the car, all of a sudden you discover they're everywhere. Because your filter now is filtering in the things that matter to you. We, we are self-interested and as a result of that, we, don't, we just often don't think of the consequences of our actions before we act. Now, I just noticed the sound went down then. Is that... We, we, there we go. Um, so that's... That, 
that innate self-interest is one of the reasons. We just don't. It's not that we even. It's not that we care. You know, it's not that we're trying to hurt anybody else. Often, it's just that we're not seeing uh, other people because we're focused on how. One of the one of the reasons. If you notice how easy it is, if someone tells you their name, uh, how easy it is to forget their name in the. The part of the reason that is, is because you're not actually thinking about them. You're wired. Your a lot of your energy is trying to work out whether they accept you or not. And so you're fo- you're not not doing it consciously, but you are focusing, trying to work out whether they accept you. And so the, who they are is not your top priority. And so that is the self-interest. We are self-interested. So that's one of the reasons Christmas will be challenging. The the fourth reason that Christmas could be challenging and all relationships are challenging is that we have bodies and uh, there are times where our bodies just get in the road. Sometimes you are feeling pain. Sometimes you're feeling tired. Sometimes you're feeling sick. Sometimes you can have a chemical imbalance or a hormonal imbalance. All those things mean with the best will in the world, you're not able to see people like you'd want to see them. That is a truth. The fifth reason uh, we Christmas can be difficult this year and relationships are difficult is that it's easier, particularly for people we find confusing, we don't know how to identify with, uh, it's easier to dehumanise and treat them as a category of person rather than a person. And it can happen in families where somebody gets labelled as this kind of person and, everybody, and, they, and they can't escape that story that always gets told about them. But it can happen in... So, like when you go to Coles or Woolworths, you can, it's really easy to, to ignore the people who are cleaning the floors or at the checkouts. And, and so... Funnily enough, the people who are trying to encourage us to step into a relationship at Christmas are the ones we end up dehumanising because we don't see them. We don't see the people that pack our bags for us or sell us the groceries. So one of the things I want to say up front, as a, as a follower of Jesus, it is never okay to dehumanise. It's something we have to continually work against. We are wired to treat people as categories because it takes a lot more energy to stop and see them as a person because they're more complicated than a category. So we actually have to continually work against our tendency to dehumanise. The sixth reason that Christmas can be complicated and relationships can be complicated is this, that sometimes we are hurt. Sometimes people cause us fear or pain And the way uh, Marvel movies tell us to deal with that and westerns and most Hollywood movies tell us to deal with that is to cause fear and pain to the people we think are the source of our fear and pain. And so uh, one of the sad things that will often happen when families are breaking down is acting out of fear and pain, I will try and cause fear and pain for somebody else as an attempt to assuage my fear and pain. And that never works. It doesn't ever bring healing or hope. It only brings more damage. 
So that's the sixth reason. And the seventh reason is occasionally, depending on your history and, the, and, the, and how it's worked for you, occasionally because of a combination of the six factors we've already talked about, we can end up making conscious choices to actively hurt another person. That's usually not uh, the first port of call. And often when we're misinterpreting, that's uh, often one of the things we'll misinterpret. We'll think that somebody intended to hurt us. Usually that's not the case, but sadly sometimes it is. And so we need to recognise that. So those seven things are at play in all relationships. And that's why it's unusual to see a room full of adults and children all laughing and being joyful uh, at the same time. And if you're in a room like that, chances are you're in a commercial. Uh, because relationships are complicated. Peter knows that. He's just told us this is the stuff you need. And it's absolutely true. That stuff, his ingredients for a healthy community, being like-minded, being sympathetic, loving each other, being compassionate and humble, they're all true. But, he says, your task in order to make this real, in order to make community real, is to do this. Don't repay evil with evil. Or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you are called, so you may inherit a blessing. What is normal is for hurting people to hurt people. This is the this cycle of reciprocal evil. Followers of Jesus are called to break that cycle by repaying evil with blessing. Feels wrong, doesn't it? feels wrong. We are so conditioned to think if someone has lashed out at us, we've got to lash back at them. But the, the message of the Bible is we repay evil with blessing. Can you feel part of you wanting to rebel against that? Peter says, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. So the first thing he says, the thing you've got to watch the closest is what comes out of your mouth. That's the thing you've got to watch the closest. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So it, peace doesn't happen accidentally. His assumption is that it's going to require you to actively look for it and do things that produce peace. Now, in all this, I just want to put up a flag here and say, uh, in cases of abuse, this doesn't mean you let abuse continue. That is never right. Abuse is always wrong. And in cases of abuse, you need to talk to somebody and you need help. And if, if you are aware of cases of abuse that are not known and where help isn't being found, can you please talk to us? We want to be with you in it. Because it is not... The per, an abuser is doing themselves damage. It's not loving to allow abuse to continue. So that's not what Peter is saying here. But what he is saying as followers of Jesus, you don't accidentally 
seek peace. It is a conscious choice and it particularly means keeping an eye on what you say. He says, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. He's saying, in order to seek peace, you need to be prepared to suffer. One of the wonderful myths of Christmas and the sort of the lie, one of the central lies behind Christmas we talked about last week was that grace can be cheap, that peace can be cheap. No, in order to love people, you need to be able to put your own needs aside. And you need to not worry about them. How is that possible? The only way is possible because of what Peter says next. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, not them as Lord. In your hearts, know Jesus loves you and it's okay. And he has a plan. If you have your eyes on him and know you're loved by him, it's possible to love other people. And as you do that, you'll find something strange happens. You'll find that you're not living normally. That you're not living in a way that everybody else looks at and goes, oh yeah, that's, that's what we expect. You actually, as you live from the place of hope in Jesus, you end up living in a way that causes people, Peter says, to ask you why you're so hopeful. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. If we keep our focus on Jesus and seek peace, our lives will speak. And we're going to need to be prepared to explain why we're hopeful, where our hope comes from. I'm not saying something that's light and fluffy in all this. This is the truth of the gospel. Jesus calls us to love and love comes at a price. But love is what builds those glimpses of community that we have seen throughout the last year, moments at John Turnbull Park, moments like last night, those, that real moments of joy and peace and community happen when there's a bunch of people able to put their own needs aside enough to create a glimpse of the kind of kingdom that Jesus died to bring. That's what we're here for. Woolworths won't give it to you. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the world changes. Let's pray. Thanks, Jesus, uh, that there is a deep need in us for connection. There's a deep need for community. We, we acknowledge that sometimes we get it wrong and we put our hope in the wrong places, but can you help us be the kinds of people who are willing to do the work so that it's not our needs driving the show but our love for you? And can you help us be the kind of people people look at and say, why are you so hopeful? And help us be ready to give an answer to that question. Thanks for the start of the Advent season and what it means. Thank you for who you are and the hope you give. In your name, Jesus. Amen.